Hey, good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whenever you're listening to it. It's Pastor Adam. Welcome once again to a resurrected midweek deep deep dive. If you remember, this is the podcast where we're trying to take a look back to last week uh, and what are things that perhaps we wanted to review or take a look at again and then look into next week. For this week, I've got a special guest, none other than Jim Fisher. Hello. Jim, how are you today? I'm doing great and excellent job uh, resurrecting the podcast, given that resurrection is such a churchy sort of a thing. Hey, so. that's, uh, that's always the hope, right? <laughs> so Jim is here this week as we go through Advent, uh, thought we could uh, talk together about um, things that we took away from Sunday and things that we're looking forward to. Now, Jim, one of the things that I know we had talked about is that we were really focusing on this Advent season in particular, we're talking about journey, right? Right. Um, that you know, we have a home to get to, um, but maybe we spend a lot of time in Advent kind of moving towards home right away. So how are we getting there? Right. Yeah. I think the thought was to um, consider the Advent season as uh, a journey that, that, obviously we know where we're going. Um, and, but maybe to take a step back and say, all right, where is it that we're trying to go? We're trying to go home. What does it mean to be home? What does it mean to go home? What does home even look like? What are the different definitions of home? Right. Um, one of the songs that the song that the band did this past Sunday, uh, Christmas, like a child is not a journey song in a physical sense, right? We're not going somewhere, but the sense of the, the narrator, of the song having sort of lost some of the meaning of Christmas in their adult life. And can I get back to the simplicity, the way that I felt about Christmas when I was very young? Um, and so uh, what does it mean to, to think of that journey in a variety of different ways and to sort of stretch it out throughout the month and not jump ahead too terribly fast? So, right. Right. And it seems like, and I don't know kind of your experience working in churches, we seem to have an easier time getting our, our hands around that during Lent, right? It seems like we have a much more comfortable time of getting used to, okay, we need to prepare for Holy Week. We need to prepare for Easter. Uh, but even as I've talked to friends of mine, colleagues, one of the things that we'll, we'll often talk about is... Um, yeah, it's interesting how we seem to struggle more as a society jumping into preparation for Advent. And what does it mean to prepare for Advent and prepare for Christmas? Uh, so I think it's good that we've done it, but I don't know if you've had that experience. Yeah, it's kind of a cliche anymore to see on social media that someone will post, you know, let's wait till Thanksgiving before we start talking about Christmas, those right. kinds of things. Right? right. And we're familiar with the idea and we all say it. Um and, and the commercialism thing about Christmas has been around for, you know, 50, 60, 70 years now, but it, it, it it doesn't change the fact that we do tend to then because that stuff, it becomes omnipresent in the fall is we immediately head to what does it mean to be at Christmas? We start being in Christmas. We decorate right away, which isn't a bad thing, right? I've got decorations up at my house now. Right, right. Um, we sing Christmas songs and listen to Christmas songs right away. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I've done it myself. In right. fact, in the car on the way over here, Christmas music was playing. So um, again, not to pass judgment on those things, but I think that um, in worship, right, at church, we can take that step back and say, okay, but there's 
an important thing that happens in us yeah. throughout the season that results in and not what we do results in, but our experience of Christmas is changed by um, how we uh, take that time to prepare during Advent. Yeah, it's like we can use the next four weeks as a grounding, not to say that we push that stuff away and we say, oh, we can't be we can't enjoy these other aspects of getting towards um, Christmas. But what we can do is at moments say, okay. Given that this is part of the journey, how are we like getting little bits? And again, this might actually be a good segue to talk a little bit about the sermon on Sunday, um, you know, talking about the already but not yet. Right. You know, the, there is this reality that every Advent, every Christmas, every Lent and every Easter, we know the end of the story. It's not like there's going to be some big surprise and this Christmas Eve, you know, we're going to say, oh, guess what? Jesus isn't coming, right? We're going to celebrate the same thing so that already but not yet takes on this sort of we almost have to mentally prepare ourselves for that. Indeed, we need to remind ourselves to allow ourselves to feel like what does it mean to pretend at least that we don't know what's coming or right. maybe in the reality is that there <clears throat> is a desire on our part to to for some sort of homecoming um and uh we aren't quite sure how to accomplish this um and maybe thinking about that during advent at a time when we do understand we think a lot about home we think a lot about the things that go along with being home right please come home for christmas and all those kinds of things right um, to remind ourselves or allow ourselves to be in a position where we we can at least try and understand what it feels like to not 100% know how we're going to get to where it is that we want to go and where we know we're going. Right. And and that was, you know, thinking about how, you know, as I thought about, well, well what should the sermon be like? And, you know, these two passages, Isaiah was the sort of, you know, one you hear every year, right? And the Matthew passage, again, Advent has so many of these sort of eschatological, the eschatological meaning sort of end times, our understanding of the end times has these eschatological passages in them. And so we're forced right at the beginning to be thinking about, okay, well, what does the end look like? And so, you know, we had just come fresh off of Thanksgiving. And so I thought, you know, yeah, you kind of know you're going to get to the dinner table. I mean, yes, there's always those stories that I had a couple folks after on Sunday say, that's not how I expected the story to go right. about the, the friar. I thought there was going to be some sort of like disaster. And no, I mean, this was kind of exactly what you'd expect. We managed to get the turkey on the table. Everything was fine. Um, but that already, but not yet time, honestly, looking back on it, was more enjoyable and more significant than sort of the ravenous destruction of the food and the unfortunate cleanup afterwards, right? right. And, you know, looking back on it, I, I realized as I, I, I listened to it, what I would have done is I, I sort of felt like that sermon was about five minutes too short, hmm. where, um, you know, I think it was easy to sort of say like, hey, here is this practice that we do every year that's an already but not yet we celebrate in that moment jesus is saying yeah you're in the already but not yet keep doing the things that you're doing keep being prepared 
keep preparing, you know, and I almost wish in hindsight, I would have taken about five more minutes to make that a little bit more clear. Sure. You know, and, you know, I think one of the important things, and this was a, a point I tried to emphasize is that again, going back to the, well, what do we do? Even if we are kind of pre-celebrating Christmas, which is fine. What is it like for us to still take time to focus on preparation? Yeah, again, I think about the person who shows up to the dinner table and just is like, oh, look at all this stuff here. How did this even happen? Is that Well, that misses part of the story that misses the drama and the intrigue and the, you know, all of the stuff that happens in the preparation. Maybe you did have um, a, a mishap, right? But still dinner's on the table. That's a story worth telling. And if we don't do that even in Advent, then does Christmas become more simple? Does it become less significant? Does it become uh, less of a complete story? Yeah. I feel like um, that transition from Thanksgiving into the beginning of the Christmas season, if you will, into Advent um, sort of is a reminder that um, there is a journey that takes place, right? Um, and despite the fact that uh, we're already in a situation where we know what's going to happen and we sort of know what the journey looks like um, to give us an opportunity to remind ourselves that there was a point in time where we didn't um, as a, as a race, as a, as a people of God, maybe us individually, right. maybe there are folks right now who are like, I'm craving something. I'm not really sure what it is. Yeah. Um, or I'm craving something. I know what it is. I don't know how to get it. Um, and of course the, the, there are some of those things that, um, individually as despite the fact that we're in the church, we may not be professionally qualified to help with those things, but we can honor those things, um, and recognize those things here um, in scripturally, right? Uh, hopefully, as much as possible, and 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 allow folks to say, okay, um, what does it mean for me to come home? Do I even need to come home? And maybe you know. So we acknowledge now that there's a realization of I need to go on a journey. Maybe I need to spend some time trying to figure out how to get from where I find myself in my life. Um, to where I'd like to get myself in my life. And maybe um, while we're not trying to map that journey out for people specifically, we're acknowledging that it exists. Yeah. And it's interesting. You bring up sort of almost the evangelistic aspect of this time, right? That, you know, perhaps there's people at this moment that are saying, gosh, I, I'm struggling with what does this mean? I'm I'm looking at what's going on in my life. These four Sundays perhaps are as much an opportunity because oftentimes people will talk about evangelism and they'll say, well, I, I don't feel equipped. I don't know how I'm, I'm scared to, to do that. Well, maybe these are precisely the times when we ourselves get back into this journey again and we start walking that we're able to say, Oh, okay. This is how I did this. So again, back to this idea of we're, we already know the ending. We've we've lived in the ending, but what is it like to have to do it again, perhaps for the benefit of somebody who's never gone on the journey or who's who's wandering right now and needs a more steady way to head home, whether they know what that is or not. Right. That's a really good point. 
Yeah, that's sort of a Paul thing, right? Where we, where we, there are different levels of what it is that we seek and how it is that we go about seeking it as we sort of live out our faith, as we live into what does it mean to be a Christ follower? What does it mean to be a Jesus follower? Um, and because Christmas socially, right outside of the church is such a big deal um, as the church perhaps we should be taking advantage of it in some way um, that that says we also have something to say about this. Right. And we know um, that we know what the story is. You've heard the story before, but maybe we can hear it in fresh uh, ways or maybe we can just remind ourselves that uh, we didn't always know what the story was. Right. So when you thought about the music this week, um, you know, again, these are a lot of these are, I think, really, you know, we haven't quite headed towards Christmas music yet. Right. Yep. Um, but I'm curious kind of what was going through your head and, and sort of what were what were your thoughts about uh, some of these selections? Yeah, we um, uh, in particular, uh, I tried to focus on that idea that I was talking about earlier of this is when we start to realize that there is something that we're uh, longing for, that we're seeking, that we're looking to to get to, and that there is a journey that takes place. And so this first week is sort of the realization of, hey, maybe I'm not exactly centered in my life the way I'd like to be. Um, and, and, and then thinking of the first Sunday of Advent as let's introduce the idea of Advent as a journey. And so we start with the beginning, mm-hmm. if you will, right, of acknowledgement and maybe just if we're going to go on a journey, right, you'll pull up a map, you'll go on your phone, right, you'll go on the web and you'll find out where it, how do I get to where it is that I'm going in a physical sense. And so this week to me was sort of um, looking at music that would enhance the idea of the beginning of I'm getting ready to go somewhere. Right. Um, and so like Rejoice, Rejoice Believers is a great Advent um him and so uh, and and then at the end the, the the keep your lamps trimmed and burning which is a really cool uh african american song um is the idea of ah all right there's a thing that's coming or the thing that i'm going to or whatever and that's an interesting balance that i want to talk about later the who's coming right yeah um but uh uh so those were the kinds of things that I wanted to sort of, this was sort of a table setting Yeah. again, yep. getting out of the idea of Thanksgiving and I yep. apologize for reusing the metaphor. Right. Yeah. Um, but this is all right. So there's journey. I'm going to go on it. I, I, I acknowledge that one that I need to do this or I want to do this. And how do I begin thinking about where, how do I get from where I am to where I want to be? Yeah. So, yeah, let's talk about um, that. Cause I think to the, the prayers, uh, this week in particular might not have been as much like on on the on the nose, right? We weren't quite sure. doing place setting with some of the liturgical stuff. In some ways, these were some of these prayers around. You know, how are we maybe feeling like we're we're losing the light? We haven't found it. I think that's part of, in essence, a reorientation at the beginning of the liturgical year because I don't think we want to forget that 
even though like we don't talk about it that much, right? That we're in a brand new year. So what is it like to have that new year's resolution in front of us is to say, okay, well, yeah, we do some of these things or we don't do some of these things. So as we are working through this journey, let's keep these things in mind. Um, so yeah, I'm curious to hear more about what you were thinking about with keep your lamps trimmed and burning. Yeah. Um, there's a, we talked a little bit in the worship and music committee about um, the, the various steps that you would take to prepare for something. Right. Um, so uh, in this first week, we wanted to focus a little bit on the idea of acknowledging that uh, there is a coming or in, in some respects, a going that's going to take place and we're going to need light where there's going to have to be some sort of a guiding thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and this song gets into that duality of, of who's coming, right? Because on one hand, we're talking about us taking a journey to Christmas, right? Um, a, a spiritual, uh, uh, theological almost journey, uh, uh, ourselves, right. Um, not a physical trip, but a spiritual trip. Um, but also at Christmas Eve, we celebrate the coming, right. Of the Christ child. So really what we're, what we have is a reconciliation, right? Everyone's heading to the same place. Right. Um, Jesus is coming. We are coming and we're all going to meet on Christmas Eve, but we haven't quite met yet. And so there's still um, some uncertainty and some tension. And one of the ways that we can help resolve that is to stay on point. Right. Stay right. focused. Right. Keep the light on, if you will. Yep. Right. In in Tom Bodette Motel 6 That's fashion, right. <laughs> we can, uh, you know, leave the light on. Uh, for you. And so that is sort of that. Uh, I like to think about that as yes, we are to be prepared for the arrival of the Messiah. Mm -hmm. um, but it also is one of the ways, right? Turning on a light would be a way that we would go from not quite knowing what it is that we're going to do to that first step of, okay, what am I going? You walk into a room. I have a plan. I intend to do something in this room. Oftentimes, one of the first things we'll do is flip a light on yeah. so that now I can accomplish whatever it is um, that I've intended to do. I think as as Christians who are telling ourselves this story over and over again, that's part of what we do. We, like you said, we kind of suspend ourselves. Um, we prepare even though we know uh, and we celebrate as if it was the first time. Um, you know, maybe you expect roughly the same people to show up at Thanksgiving. Maybe you expect right. roughly the same meal. I mean, we don't tend to deviate too much from that. It's why, for instance, we have vegan turkey, right? It's not, <laughs> it's not as though people have said, well, Hey, we need to come up with something completely different. It's like, we need to do this thing that we're preparing the for. The exact same thing. Exactly. Just in a, right. Exactly. So, you know, I think, you know, we kind of know what the end game is in Thanksgiving. And so we go there and we, we do it. Um, but in that there might be opportunities for new miracles and new things to come up that maybe we didn't expect. So looking into next week, the, the passages are Romans, uh, 15, four through 13 and Matthew three, one through 12. And the Matthew passage in particular is, uh, John the Baptist coming out of the wilderness, proclaiming repent. So again, another one of these passages where you're like, oh, this doesn't feel so Christmassy to me, right? Um, but one of the things I was thinking about, and you kind of brought this up, you know, we're we're sort of building progressively on the theme of, of moving. 
And it's interesting, the first, the, the first verse in Romans 15.4 says, For whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction, so that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. And so it's interesting to think about um, the maps that were given. Um, so again, we recognize that we need to go on a journey. And then what's the first thing we do? We, if we don't exactly know where we're going, we're going to punch something into the GPS. We're going to pull up the map. We're going to start to take a look. Um, and so it sounds like, you know, Paul kind of gives this entree for us to start thinking about, well, what are the maps that we've been giving? And in some ways then, and this is something I'm, I'm hoping to think a bit about over the next week is John the Baptist then is a GPS reminding us that sometimes we need to make a U-turn mm -hmm. or we need to go a different way. And so what's it like to imagine these stories that we're hearing again? And again, this is one that we do hear a lot. You know, the the baptizing you with water for repentance, but the one who's more, you know, can't, uh, I'm not worthy to carry his sandals. Like we hear that a lot. That's not one that gets hidden away in church services, but to, to think like, okay, this was given for our instruction. This is a map to help us take this journey towards home. Uh, what is it like for us to, to think through, okay, well, what are the maps available to me? Right. Now we're going to jumping ahead a little bit because um, obviously the, the Magi is something that happens around Epiphany after the Christmas. And we're talking about, well, let's not jump ahead to Christmas. Right. But um, yes, they followed the star, but do we think it was just a simple thing where they just kept looking up and there it was. And right. so, okay, now I just walk a little bit further. Um, there was probably always some sort of, um, re recalibrating, right? Isn't that yeah. what the GPS used to say, yeah. right? The, the yeah. early GPSs when you would punch it in and you would go off the map or maybe there would be some sort of a traffic issue or something like that. And it would re uh, re recalibrate or recalculating or something like that, right. but whatever the word was. Um, and so sure, John the Baptist comes and says, uh, recalculating, recalibrating or whatever. Right. Uh, and, and, and so now it's just like, all right, well, yeah, we're on a journey, but we admitted right when we set out that we had an idea where we wanted to go, but we weren't a hundred percent sure we knew how to get there. Um, uh, and, and, and so here's an opportunity for us to, again, that's sort of, it's a bump in the road. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a little, you know, tap on the shoulder. It's just like, oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah. If I'm going to get where I want to go, um, I need to do a little bit more, uh, thinking I need to do a little bit, I need to double check the GPS. I need right. to, you know, whatever. So, yeah. And, and that's again, I think one of those, if you, if you're thinking about, well, why Advent, right? It's nice to have those moments of recalibration. Every once in a while, we we need those. And again, boy, that's one thing that I think the human experience invites is always needing some time for recalibration. Uh, so, you know, in that way, these kind of times where we do preparation, maybe maybe we don't always want to think about it solely as preparation for something, but in and of itself, a chance to take a step back and recalibrate who we are. Because um, I think ultimately that's what Lent does for us, um, is it gives us, although it's it's a bit more of a pensive feeling, you know, but this one, we're actually kind of like, oh, we're getting ready to celebrate. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Well, any other things? I, I know you've got, I, I think the anthem, if I remember right, is kind of directly related to kind of 
being on a journey. It is. Uh, Follow the Christmas Star uh, is an adaptation um, by uh, composer Ruth Elaine Schramm of an American slave song. Uh, Follow the Drinking Gourd. This will all be in the uh, uh, bulletin as well. So make sure you read your bulletin if you're not already reading it. Um, But anyway, uh, yeah. So the slave song, uh, follow the drinking gourd. The drinking gourd uh, is another term that folks used to use for the Big Dipper. So we're looking at the sky um, and we're looking for the North Star, which resides in the Big Dipper. And the North Star is where I need to go to as a slave to escape uh, slavery and to get to freedom. And, uh, so I need to go North. Um, and so much like, uh, those folks would have been following a star, right? Um, we know that folks followed a star to find, uh, the birth of the Messiah, um, and to get where they needed to go also. So we sort of combine those ideas into, uh, how do we get where it is that we're going. Well, we follow the Christmas star. And so that's what we're singing with the choir on Sunday. Awesome. Well, Hey, thank you all so much for taking a little time and Jim, thanks for sitting in and hopefully we'll have a chance to do this more often. If any of this sounded interesting to you and you haven't had a chance to worship with us, come 1030 on Sundays, 41 Hodges Road, uh, just off of Route 37 on the western side of Delaware. And hey, you can grab uh, this podcast and all of the sermons uh, either on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get uh, your podcast now. Thanks so much for taking some time with us on the Midweek Deep Dive, and uh, we'll, we'll see you next week. 